Amen. 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 What a blessing. I'm like David. I was glad, but he said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What a blessing it is to be alive and to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Are you glad about it, saints? Are you glad about it? Amen. What a blessing it is to be in the Lord's house one more time. One more time. It is a blessing. Good morning to all of you that are in the building, those that are watching online. We thank and praise God for all of our hope at home viewers. If you could do me a favor, go ahead and share this. Go ahead and tag somebody in this experience. The word is getting ready to come forth and we know that their life is going to be changed. Those in person, can you help me praise God for our online audience? Amen. Talk back to us in the comments section again. We're so glad that you have tuned in to watch us today. Those that are in person, we thank God for you being in the building today. If we have any first-time guests, just wave your hand at me. Any first-time guests, amen, amen. Any first-time guests, thank and praise God for you. Our ushers are coming to give you a connections card. Just fill it out in its entirety and then place it in the offering basket as you're leaving service today. Um, it's just our point of contact to be able to stay connected with you to let you know that we appreciate you coming to worship with us today at the world because you could have been anywhere else but we're so glad that God ordered your steps to allow you to be here with us at the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church for the Spirit of God never runs dry come on Hopewell help me praise God for all of our first time guests again just a few things I want to share with you and then we're going to go right into the word of God. Hey, listen, today after service, if you are a college student, if you are a family, we want you to sign up for our adopt the student. We started this last year uh, where members, families from Hopewell um, adopted students from SIU and John A. Logan just to be that family away um, from home. Great, 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 great time that we had last year in doing it and so we're continuing this year. Um, so if you are a family interested in adopting a student or student or if you are a student looking to be adopted by a family, make sure you stop by the ministry table and see Sister Brian the missionary. We get you all signed up um, so that we can connect you with a student or students um, so that we can be able to bridge that gap for them and be a home away from home. We don't realize how vitally important that is for a young person that's coming here, leaving home for the first time, going to an unknown territory where they don't know anybody to have a family that they can be able to call upon if they need help, if they need a assistance if they need to figure out who to go and get their car fixed by what cleaners to go to what barbershop to go to whatever it may be we want to be that home away from home to do life with them to pray for them to make them a part of our family so we definitely want to be able to do that um, and we need your help in doing so so whether you are a student or a family make sure you stop by the ministry table after service today um, and sister Brian the missionary can get you all signed up oh, well don't forget not this coming Saturday but the following Saturday Saturday September September the 24th at 10 a.m. Um, we're going to be praying around the schools. We're going to be praying over our schools here in the city of Carbondale. We're going to have a team um, at Carbondale Community High School, a team at Lewis, a team at Parrish, a team at Thomas, and a team at Carbondale Middle School. We want to pray. We're going to have prayer targets um, that we're going to pray over the schools, walk around the building, really interceding uh, for our students. We all know the th different things we can talk about. Oh, man, teachers ain't doing nothing oh this ain't doing nothing we know all those different things families may not be doing anything but we want to do our part in covering our schools and covering our students and covering our administrators in prayer amen 
Amen. Because we believe in the power of prayer and that prayer changes things. But God, prayer also changes people. And so we want to pray. I'm encouraging families. If you have a student, if your child is a student of any of those schools, um, that, that's the school that I want you to pray at. That's the school that I want you and your family and to invite your child to pray for their school. Why? This is a learning lesson for them that once they begin to see things change, they will know for themselves that prayer changes things and that prayer changes people. Amen. Amen. So we're looking for all those uh, sign up will be at the ministry table as well uh, for you to be able to sign up for that so that we can be able to cover our schools, our administrators and our students in prayer. We want to keep the family of Sister Callie James um, lifted in prayer. Her brother um, Carlton Smith passed away this past week. Um, a great leader within our community. A great loss um, to the city of Carbondale and um, Southern Illinois as a whole. So we want to keep that family lifted in prayer um, as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm excited. Sunday, October the 2nd, which is the first Sunday in October, Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church will celebrate 120 years of bringing help to our city, <laughs> restoration to our community, and hope to our world. We ought to make a little bit more noise than that. Amen. 120 years. God has kept us. Man, I'm telling you, it has been a journey, but God has had his hand on the whole well for 120 years. We have two reasons to celebrate because God has kept us for so long, but then the second reason to celebrate that God has kept us to be able to remain to keep our doors open in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, so yeah. many churches all over the world have closed their doors, but God has kept the doors of Hopewell Missionary Baptist yes. Church open and we give him the praise and the glory for that. My good friend and brother, Pastor Moses B. Heron Sr., pastor of the Faith Movers Church in University Park, Illinois, is going to be with us on that morning. We're going to have an amazing time as we celebrate 120 years of ministry. Amen? Yes, amen. Amen. Let me take a sip of water. Praise God. Amen. Get that throat together amen so we are excited about that listen grab your bibles and journey with me to nehemiah chapter 5 nehemiah chapter 5 we are still in our series entitled we got work to do we got work to do so journey with me journey with me to nehemiah chapter 5 nehemiah chapter 5 Nehemiah chapter 5 and if you can stand with me for the reading and the reverence of God's word I would greatly appreciate it if you can't stand that's fine but if you can't stand it's good for us to be able to stand for the reading and the reverence of God's word Nehemiah chapter 5 let's go ahead and start at uh, verse 1 let's get the full context of what's, full context of what's going on um, in our story this morning Nehemiah chapter 5 when you have it say amen if you don't just say Reverend wait on me wait on me wait on me from the New Living Translation of the Bible it reads as this about this time some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest against their fellow Jews Jews they were saying we have such large families we need more food to survive Others said we have mortgaged our fields, our, vine, our vineyards and homes to get food during the famine. And others said we have had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay our taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy and our children are just like theirs. Yet we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. 
We have already sold some of our daughters and we are helpless to do anything about it for our fields and vineyards are already mortgaged to others. When I heard their complaints, I was very angry. After thinking it over, I spoke against those nobles and officials. I told them, you are hurting your own relatives by charging them interest when they borrow money. Then I called the public meeting to deal with the problem. After the meeting, I said to them, you are, we are doing all that we can to redeem our Jewish relatives who have had to sell themselves to pagan foreigners, but you are selling them back into slavery again. How often must we redeem them? And they had said nothing to, and they had nothing to say in their defense. Verse nine. Then I pressed for, for then I pressed farther. What you are doing is not right. Should you not walk in the fear of our God in order to avoid them being mocked by the enemy nations? I myself, as well as my brothers and my workers, have been lending the people money and grain. But now, let us stop the business of chain of charging interest. You must restore their fields. Their vineyards, their, 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 their olive groves, their groves, their homes to them this very day and repay the interest you charged when you lent them money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. They replied, we will give back everything and demand nothing from the people. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and made the nobles and the officials swear to do what they promised. I shook out the folds of my robe and said, if you fail to keep your promise, good God from heaven, may God shake you like this. From your homes and from your property. The whole assembly responded to amen and they praised the Lord and the people did as they promised. For the entire 12 years that I was governor of Judah from the 20th year to the, thir to the 32nd year of the reign of King Artaxerxes, neither I nor my officials drew on our official uh, our food allowance. The former governors, in contrast, had laid heavy burdens on the people, demanding a daily ration of food and wine. Besides 40 pieces of silver, then their assistants took advantage of the people. But because I fear God, I did not act that way. I also devoted myself to working on the wall and refused to inquire the land. As I required all my service to spend time working on the field, I asked for nothing, even though I regularly fed 150 Jewish officials at my table, besides all the other visitors from other lands. The provision I paid for each day included one ox, six choice sheep, uh, or goat, and a large, large number of poultry. And every 10 days, we needed a large supply of kinds of wine, Yet I refused to claim the governor's food allowance because the people had already carried a heavy burden. Remember, O oh God, all that I have done for these people and bless me for it. God, we thank you right now for your word. I pray, O oh God, that we've already made up in our minds that whatever your word is calling for us to do, that we will do it and willfully obey. Change us from the inside out, God, that we can be able to be witnesses for you in this world. Light in darkness, salt amongst bitterness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. If you ain't said hi to your neighbor since you've been here, just look around your neighbor, just wave at them, say hi to them. Amen. Give them a fist bump. Do something. Let them know that you're glad to see them today. I want to talk to you today just from two words. We're responsible. We are responsible. 
Last week, Minister Four led us in chapter four of Nehemiah where it, 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 it dealt with the opposition that they had as they were starting to rebuild the walls. They got the wall halfway up, but there was yet still opposition um, that the people of God had, that Nehemiah and his team had as they were rebuilding the wall. I like this because there was something that we see in the life of Nehemiah from chapter one all the way to two, three, four, and now we see it in five. We see the faithfulness of Nehemiah as he is working. We see the gracious hand of God that is upon his life from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 5 we see the favor of God that is upon his life from chapters 1 2, 3, 4, 5 we see the faithfulness we see the favor of God that is upon Nehemiah's life this whole entire time it is a consistent thread that we see that in everything that Nehemiah did he did it for the people but he did it out of fear for he, he did it also out of fear for God we see See this continual thread in the life of Nehemiah, a man that had nothing to do with these people, not connected to them any old any way at all. But there was a burden that he had to go and help these people that have been lying and living in embarrassment for over a hundred years. There was a burden that was upon his life to do something about what was going on. I love it. Nehemiah's plan and his action was not to pray that God would raise up somebody else to do what needed to be done, but Nehemiah realized. If there's something that's going to be done, if these walls are going to be rebuilt, if change is going to happen, God, I'm not going to pray that you change it. God, I'm not going to pray that you raise up somebody else. He was almost like Isaiah and it says, send me, God. I will go. Empower me to do. Grace me to do. Give me the favor of what needs to be done to go to accomplish the task. And he did just that. And we see the favor of God. He prayed, God, give me favor with the king. Please allow the king to act favorably towards me, not knowing that he had been he had been positioned in the right spot to be the cupbearer of the king, to have the trust of the king, to be able to be in a spot that the king will give him everything that he needed to get the job done. What do you see? You see faithfulness. Oh, you see favor, you see faithfulness, you see favor. You see even in chapter 4 when Sanballat and Tobias and Geshem came up against him that he did not stop doing the work because of opposition. He kept on being faithful. He kept on fighting. In fact, I love his strategy. What he said to his people, he said, hey, listen, we're going to continue in doing the work because why? We know the enemy wants to come in and to stop us from doing what has to be done. He wants to stop us from rebuilding the walls. He wants the people to continue to live in embarrassment and in reproach. He said, but not so, not on my watch. We're going to continue to get the job done. He said, hey, here's what we're going to do. You're going to have a, you're going to have a, 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 a you're going to have one weapon in your hand to be able to fight when the enemy comes up against you and you're going to have a hammer in the other hand to keep on doing the work Nehemiah said by any means necessary we are not going to stop doing the work we're going to continue to get the job done despite the opposition because here it is saints of God the favor of God upon our lives does not exempt us from experiencing opposition Oh, I wish I had a church this morning. That the favor of God, the gracious hand of God, Brother Miller, being amongst our, being upon our lives does not exempt us from having opposition that will come our way. You cannot do anything great for God and think that you won't face opposition. 
Nehemiah mind his own business doing something. He's living real good in the king's palace. I mean, he's eating crab legs and, and, and steak and filet, filet mignon and, 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 and twice baked potatoes and red Kool-Aid every day. He's living well where he is, but he's burdened about what's going on around him. And I got to say this, thanks to God, that you and I, as the people of God, just because we're living good, just because we're driving good, just because we're dressing good and looking good, does not mean that all is well. We ought to have a burden about the conditions of the people that's living around us. Nehemiah involves himself in something that has nothing to do with him. He gets himself involved in a mess that he or anybody connected to him has anything to do with it. From chapter one to two to three to four and now five, what do we see? We see faithfulness. <laughs> we see faithfulness. We, 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 we see faithfulness. We see faithfulness. We see consistency. We see faithful consistency demonstrated in the life of Nehemiah. That's a word for somebody right there. I know, I know, I know you get tired of doing the right thing. I know it's irritating when you see everybody else taking the shortcut, but here you are taking the stairs to do what you need to do to get to where you have to get to, and it seems like everybody else is coming up one step higher than you, even though you're trying to do right. Let me encourage you, woman of God. Let me encourage you, man of God. Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. Keep Keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. I know, I know, I know. It looks like that 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 that, that they're gaining more on you. They're they're getting promoted more before you. Keep on being faithful because the Bible is right. God is a rewarder of faithfulness. God is a rewarder to those that are faithful. What you have done publicly, God. What you have done privately, God will reward you publicly. Keep on being faithful. Don't you stop now? No, don't you stop? Don't you stop? You keep on being faithful because God, when others have not seen your faithfulness, when others have not recognized your faithfulness, God is one that keeps good books. God is one that sees everything. So keep on being faithful. Look at your neighbors and neighbor. Keep on being faithful. Keep on being faithful. I like something the minister Ford said a few Wednesdays ago in Bible study. He said that favor comes to the faithful. Help me, Holy Ghost. Favor comes to the faithful. Faithful. Here it is, saints of God. Don't you dare, don't you dare claim to have the favor of God, but you have not been faithful in your current assignment. Don't you dare claim that you want the favor of God, but you won't be faithful. God is looking for those that can be faithful in the field when no one sees what you're doing. God is looking to promote some folks that have been faithful when others have not been watching. God is looking for those that have been faithful in their character, in their integrity, when others have been going around grinning and sinning and doing everything else. God is looking to bestow, to bestow his favor upon those that have been faithful. Oh, uh, you don't believe me? It's right here in the book of Nehemiah. It's right here in the life of Nehemiah. It's a consistent thread that we see in his life. Faithfulness. And his faithfulness led him to favor. Get this. This is what trips me out. We think that when we have the favor of God, that our circumstances will be favorable. Nehemiah has the favor of God 
upon his life, Brother Brian, for conditions that are not favorable. The gracious hand of God is upon Nehemiah's life not to continue a legacy of something that has been built but to clean up broken bricks to deal with people whose lives are in ruin to start with a budget of zero <laughs> to start with the staff of zero to begin the work not knowing what to expect but the favor of God is upon his life oh and I wish somebody would hear me today and what I'm saying that when the favor of God is upon your life the favor of God the gracious hand of God will empower you and grace you to do the impossible the gracious favorable hand of God will grace you to accomplish things that you never thought that you could be able to accomplish the gracious favorable hand of God will come upon you and give you wisdom and give you strategy and give you plans on how to be able because I love it even though everybody else saw bricks and broken pieces but Nehemiah saw a wall being built. He saw people being safe. He saw security. He saw families being blessed. Faithful favor comes to the faithful. Can I ask you a question this morning saints? How are we stewarding God's favor in our lives. How are we managing the gracious hand of God being amongst our lives? How are we managing the favor that God has bestowed upon us? Here it is. Our positions, our power should never be used to take advantage of people. I love it because Nehemiah gets here in chapter 5. All was well in chapter 4. They, 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 they ended with the victory because he let the people know, hey, we're going to fight. We're going to build at the same time. We get here to chapter 5, and as soon as it opens up, it opens up with people fighting and arguing. And because they're fighting and arguing, guess what happens? The work on the building stops. The people are upset because now they're experiencing some financial issues. Now, remind you, they have what they need to be able to rebuild the wall. Why? Because the king found favor with Nehemiah and said, what do you want me to do? What do you need from me? And he gave Nehemiah everything that he needed. I mean, I mean the equipment, everything that he needed, the people. He even sent an army before him to make sure that he would be all right. He gave him papers so that he could be able to get what he needed and have the right connections that he needed. So having the money to rebuild was not the problem. Now the people were experiencing Personal financial issues. Why? Because the leaders at hand began to take advantage of the people. 
Because they have been working on building the walls and, and working day and night to rebuild the walls, they sacrificed working their own jobs to provide for their families in order to rebuild the wall. And because they weren't able to go to work, they didn't have, they didn't have any PTO, they didn't have any pay vacation time, they didn't have any sick leave that they could use and not come to work and rebuild the wall and still get a nice paycheck. When it came time for payday, there was zero being deposited into their account because they had not worked. And so now, on top of that, there's a famine in the land and leadership has said, now we're going to take advantage of this moment. We're going to tax the people, theologians say, 12% interest on the food. 12% interest on the food. They can't survive it. They can't, they, 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 they can't deal with the elder. They're still having trouble trying to pay for that. So what they end up doing was they mortgage their vineyards, they mortgage their farms, they mortgage their homes in order to be able to have enough money to pay for food. Some families, one guy said, listen, my family is too big. There's still not enough deacon. And those that went higher power, get this, this, these were not individuals that they did not know. Those who were rich were taxing their own relatives. 12% interest on some chicken wings. 12% interest on the pack of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, praise God. 12% interest on the can of green beans and potatoes. A 12% interest on the bag of collard, cream, collard greens and ham hot. A 12% interest on one pack of red Kool-Aid with no sugar. 12% interest they were charging. Taxing the people. But it got to the place that they had to sell their kids over into slavery in order to keep up with the payments. Nehemiah gets worried about this. And I love it because what Nehemiah does is he lets us know that the favor that God has placed on our lives is not just for us. Oh God, help me today. Nehemiah realized that the gracious hand of God that is upon my life is not just for me to be well, it's not just for me to be able to have all that I have, it's not for me to be able to live well and drive well and eat well. He said, no, the favor that is upon my life, God wants to use me as a conduit so that he can be able to run his favor through my life to be able to make life better for somebody else. Here it is. Say, so God, there's some folks in here right now that saying, God, if you bless me with more, I'll bless other people. God, if you let me get the business, I will employ those that nobody else wants to employ. God, if you give me the opportunity, I will do just that. And because if we get to the place where favor is about us, we have mistaken our position. Our attitude is no longer about other people. It's just selfish ambition about what we want to do. And we will manipulate the favor of God to become entitled and arrogant and think it's all about us. Some folks can't even get a new car. Oh, God. Because once they get it, you can't tell them nothing. Before you get in the car, ah, 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 before you get in, read my list of rules. There is no eating. There's no drinking. There's no talking. There's no looking. Get in, sit down, 
and enjoy your stay. Now, when you had your broke-down car that only one, one window let down, your air only came on twice a year. No, I mean, you picked up everybody. You did what was necessary. I mean, you were generous. But now that you done came up, you've forgotten who you are. Don't get that promotion on your job. Don't you get a little extra money in your pocket. Walk around, oh, I'm so blessed. No, no, no. You're arrogant and you're entitled because if you were really blessed, you would realize that everything that I have belongs to God and God wants to work through me through what I have to be able to bless other people. God wants to work through me and everything that I have to be able to bless other people. Nehemiah understood that the favor that God has given me is not just for me. What does he do when he gets word that the people are upset and complaining? Nehemiah steps in. Real leadership. Somebody said real leadership. He steps in. I like verse 7. He says, after thinking it over, it's almost like he had a conversation with himself. He keeps going. He's talking to him. And says, oh, he's upset. The Bible says he, show, he shows what Jesus showed when he came into the temple and they had turned into a, 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 a marketplace. Nehemiah is righteously angered. And rightfully so, mother. Righteously angered. He talks over to himself. Let me calm myself down because I don't know who these jokers think they are. They got the wrong person today. They don't know the gracious hand of God is upon my life to build and to lay hands if need be. He talks to himself to calm himself down and then he has a conversation with the people. The nobles and the officials to call them out. To let them know that what you're doing is wrong. Here it is. Here's a lesson we got to learn. We're responsible to speak up for the oppressed and the disadvantaged. Oh God, I wish I had a church with me this morning. We're called to use the favor that God has given us. We're called to be responsible enough with the gracious hand of God upon us, with the positions of power, with the titles that God may place upon us to be able to speak for those who are Voiceless. Can I tell you what our problem is now? We're so quick to whine and complain about stuff that's not right. And we would talk in our circles about what's not right. Oh, I just don't understand what's going on with the city of Carbondale. Oh, my gosh. We just ain't got nothing. I got to drive an hour and a half to be able to eat. Oh, my gosh. We ain't got no more. We ain't got, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. We whine and we complain. All these kids at school, they just, I don't know what to do with them. Father, God, help me in the powerful name of Jesus. They're just getting them under. I don't know what we're going to do with these kids. We whine and we complain. But there's never any action to bring about change. We will go on social media and blast folks and organizations and hide our hand as if we didn't post anything. And whine and complain but never fight to bring about change. Nehemiah could have easily 
heard what had been said and went on about his business and kept building. But Nehemiah, get this, you all, he had a love for those that he was serving. God, help me this morning. He had a love for those that he was serving. Hopewell, if we're going to bring help to our city, if we're going to bring restoration to our community and hope to our world, we're going to have to love the people that we are serving. We're going to have to get down in there with the people that we have been called to serve. And we use our position of favor and power to be able to speak on behalf of those that have no voice. He used the favor that he had to speak on behalf of those that had sold their kids and not just kids, sold their daughters to be able to cover the mortgage. Can you imagine as a daddy I'm called to protect my children. I'm called to cover my children. The walls have been down for so long. I can't sleep at night because I'm on edge every night trying to make sure that my family is safe. I haven't been to work because I've been helping Brother Nehemiah and now I have no money for food. Now we're about to lose our land. and have to sell my daughter. I can't have a conversation with the creditor even though it's my uncle. About to sell my daughter. Nehemiah uses his favor to speak boldly on behalf of those who are oppressed and disadvantage. Here it is, saints of God. Oh my. Here's what we have to do as a church. We use, we leverage the influence that we have to speak truth to power and to be able to be a voice for those who cannot speak for themselves. Come on, 1960s African American churches where they stood, they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to salvation, but they spoke about the injustices that were in the land. And they use their voice to speak for the voiceless. What has happened to the church today? What has happened to the church today? Folks been on Peacock since September. Watching Hunk Your Horn for Jesus to save your soul. I know, I know it's dark comedy. I know it's a satire. But it still brings about an indictment to the church, and not just to the church, but to the black church. To think that every pastor got a Bentley and a dresser room in their closet to change outfits into Prada and Louis Vuitton shoes and have a jet to be able to pick them up for different speaking engagements and have thousands and thousands of people and Preaching a gospel just to twist it around and get more money in your pockets. Hey, that, that's, 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 that's not the reality of every church. And even though it's meant to be a satire and dark comedy, what it ends up doing, it gives, it gives, it gives, it gives people who already talk about the black church. I ain't giving that church my money. Preacher pulling up in a new vehicle. Yeah. But I work three jobs. <laughs> I 
ain't giving that church my money. What are they doing for the community? 2,000 backpacks with supplies went out in August. What are they doing for the community? Every week we're helping people pay their bills, get food on their table, gas in their car. It brings about an embarrassment to the church which has silenced our voice. Why? Because sometimes there's no integrity or credibility in the pulpit. So everybody in the church and outside the church know the pastor's a joke. <laughs> but I like what Nehemiah does. When he speaks up, look at the text. When he speaks to the, to the nobles and the officials, what happened? They do exactly what, they, what he said to do. Why? Because Nehemiah was a man that had integrity. Nehemiah was a man that had character. So when he stood to speak, his words had weight because he did not just say one thing and live something else. He modeled what he preached. He modeled what he taught. So that when he spoke, his words had weight. And the people that hear to what he said. We're responsible to speak up for those that are oppressed. We're, we're, we're responsible, not just as a church, but as individuals. If something's not going well on your block where you live, if something's not, not going well on your job where you work at, we're responsible to use our place of power and influence to speak for those who can't. Let me hurry up. I'm getting on y'all nerves this morning. Listen, we got to be responsible to speak for those that, 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 are, that are oppressed or disadvantaged. But we also got to look at this. You all look at verse 16. We have to realize this. This is so good. Elevation isn't a path to stop working. Look at verse 16. It says, I also devoted myself to working on the wall and refused to acquire any land. I also devoted myself to working on the wall. I love it. Nehemiah has position. Nehemiah has influence. Nehemiah has power. But his power and his elevation does not exempt him from working. He continues to work in building the wall. He does not allow that now I have become governor to stop me. All I have to do now is give out orders and now everybody just do what I said to do. No, 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 no. Nehemiah realized, no, that's not what God has called me to do. I'm yet still called to do the work. Why? He was leading by example so that the people could be able to follow what he said and how he lived and not just what he told them to do. That's it, saints of God. Many of us cannot get elevated because if we get elevated, we'll get the big head and then we want to call all the shots and run everything and we don't want to get our hands on it. No, 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 no. God is yet looking for those that he can be able to elevate and put in positions of power and authority and yet you know how to roll up your sleeves and get out there and do the work and do what needs to be done. God is looking for people that he can be able to favor and, and, and place his gracious hand upon the life that will get out there and yet still do what needs to be be done. Don't allow elevation to cause you to get the big head. Don't allow elevation to cause you to stop doing the work. Don't allow elevation to cause you to think that now that you have arrived, no, there is still yet work to be done. We still need to get out here. We still need to go and rebuild the walls to help life be better for those that don't know how to do it. Devoted himself to doing the work. Here it is. And then what he also did, I love it, right there in verses 17 and 18. He says, he, re, he lived out something. Because we have more, we should do and give more. Oh, God, help me today. 
Oh, God, I love it. I love it because what Nehemiah was doing, what the officials did was they were, they, they, they were taxing people on everything. But Nehemiah never did it. Look at verse 15. The former governors and contracts had laid heavy burdens on the people, demanding a daily ration of food and wine besides 40 pieces of silver. Even their assistants took advantage of the people. He said, but because I feared God, I didn't act that way. He said, because I feared God, I didn't act that way. He said, because I feared God, I didn't take advantage of the people. Because I feared God, I didn't use the people. Because I feared God, I didn't use my position, my title, or my influence to be able to, 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 to oppress the people that were already oppressed at disadvantage. He said, no, what he did was, look at verse 17 and 18, I asked for nothing. Even though I regularly fed 150 Jewish officials at my table, Besides all the visitors from other lands. So he had on a daily basis 150 plus people that he fed from his pocket. 150 people plus that his team had to prepare for on a daily basis. That he paid for it out of his pocket. Nehemiah teaches us that we're responsible that when we have been blessed with more, we should do and give more. Nehemiah teaches us that because we have been blessed with more, we ought to do and give more. Why? The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Nehemiah teaches us that when we have been blessed with more, we ought to do and give more. He refused to take from the king's resources, from the nobles' resources, but he took care of it out of his pocket every day, every single day for a hundred and 50 plus people to make sure that they ate. Can God trust us with more so that we can be able to bless others? No, 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 no. Here it is. Are we asking God for more just for us? Or are we asking God for more so that we can be able to give more. Oh God. What is your heart when it comes to money? Is it a resource or is it your idol? Ooh, help me, Holy Ghost. Let me get behind this podium. What is your heart's definition about money? Is it a tool that you use or is it an idol that has your heart? Because if it's an idol that has your heart, you're only asking God for more for selfish ambition, never to bless anybody else. 
But if money is a tool, a resource that's in your hand, you want what you have to flow through you to bless somebody else. Nehemiah teaches us that because we have more, we should do and give more. Why? Because the aim should be generosity rather than luxury. Oh, I'm talking good this morning, y'all. Y'all ain't got to say nothing about it. I'm talking good this morning. The aim should be generosity. God, you have blessed me. Father, you have given me. God, you have allowed me. How can I use what you have given me to bless somebody else? I can imagine 150 people plus daily that you're feeding, and they eating good. Y'all, look at the tags. They're eating good. Faithfulness. Faithfulness in loving and caring for his people that every day he had what was needed to be able to feed them. Because he had been faithfully consistent in honoring God, in fearing God, God made sure he had everything that he needed to provide for those people every day. Aim should be generosity rather than luxury. And I like this part. He ends it. He ends verse 19. He says this. He says, remember, O God, all that I have done for these people and bless me for it. He says, remember, O my God, all that I've done for these people and bless me for it. It's almost like Nehemiah was writing his journal and sharing about his day and what all the head went on, ups, down, wins, challenges. His mindset is, I'm not looking for the people to bless me because I'm not doing this for the people. He realized, if I'm doing it for the people and waiting for the people to appreciate what I'm doing, it may never happen. But Nehemiah realized, I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for God. And he prays, God, remember what I've done for these, your people. And he's looking for God to bless them. That's a word for somebody right there. All the stuff that you have done, all the thing, money that you have given, all the help, advice, rise, all that good stuff that you have done for people and you feel unappreciated and you feel like there's no value. You're almost asking yourself, what's the sense in doing this time and time again? Let me let you know something right now that God is a rewarder of faithfulness and what you have done what nobody else has seen God has seen and taken note of everything that you have done and God will reward you by God will reward you and he may reward you with some money he may reward you with favor he may reward you with opportunities but God is a rewarder to those that have been faithful with everything that God has placed in your hands and in your care as a church as we continue to to do what we do and loving on people and doing this for God. Our aim, we may get an award, we may get a trophy, we may be on news. That's all well and fine, but one day we want to be able to hear him say, Well done.
God, my good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a few things. Come on up a little higher and I'll make you ruler over many. And all that we do, we are responsible to being faithful to God because God is a rewarder to those who work from him. God looks out for those who work from him. God has a great retirement plan. God has good pay, uh, pr promotions. God has good pay raises. God will reward those who work consistently and diligently for him. Responsible. Because Nehemiah had to deal with the conflict. Why? So they can get back to rebuilding the walls. We're responsible saints to leverage our influence to speak for those who have no voice. Here's the big idea I want you to get. If you don't hear nothing else I said, the favor of God is upon us to make life better for those around us. Specifically, those who can't do for us what we can do for them. The gracious hand of God was upon Nehemiah to make life better for those that was around him. The gracious hand of God is upon us to make life better for those that are around us. My prayer for us on a consistent basis as the church that That, that, that when people come that they leave refreshed after having living water fresh water my prayer we say that we're the well where the spirit of the God never runs dry my prayer is that the water from the well never becomes contaminated and make people sick but that it stays fresh and that it's refreshing when they drink it. We're responsible. We got work to do. There's ministry all around us. We, we're, 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 we're responsible for what we see and what we hear. There's ministry all And all God is doing is looking for some people. Let me put my favor on you. Let me, let me put my hand on you to accomplish a good work for him. On your job. God has you there for a reason. But to make life better for those that are around you. to make life better for those that are around. God has his hand upon Hopewell to make life better for those in the city of Carbondale, for those on Jackson Street, for those on the northeast side, to make life better for those in southern Illinois. Because with favor comes responsibility.
to not get the big head and feel entitled, but to do the work. To do the work. To do the work. To do the work. And not to wait for praise from man, but to wait from praise and accolades from God. Come on and put those hands together. Give God praise this morning.